I really thought like you had a theme <laughs> song or something. I was like, okay. I don't. <laughs> I appreciate the enthusiastic welcome, though. <laughs> welcome. welcome. We welcome you once. Oh, we welcome Lord. you twice. <laughs> we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Fun fact about me, if you didn't already know, I used to say the welcome at my church growing up every month. We had a schedule and the <laughs> person who was over like the welcome committee she would like print out like a monthly schedule and like literally pass it out to everybody who's who was like yes i'm down to say the welcome and it would be like you know this date abra miles this date so and so so and so so and so mm-hmm. and like usually you do it like maybe once a month or like some months like it would skip over me but then they realized, you know, April really says good welcomes. <laughs> so I would be on the schedule almost every month, sometimes twice a month. Period. And then it was like a job. Like people would be like, do you want to trade? They, it'd be like trading shifts. Because <laughs> they're like, because people, they'd be like, oh, I realize I'm going out of town. Yeah. Or something. And then sometimes you know, like people will call out. They'd be like, I'm sick. I can't come to church. You got to cover it. And so they'd be like, Abra, go on up there and say the welcome. (laughs) And my go-to was like, welcome, or we the members of blah, blah, blah church take, want to take this time to welcome all visitors. We hope that something will be said or done that will uplift your spirits for the upcoming week. So on behalf of our pastor, the Reverend oh, James wow. Tex Thomas. I'm a, yes, Reverend James Thomas was my pastor, okay? Um, we hope that you come back again or something like that, you know? And then my mama, she'd always be like, you know, it's Easter Sunday. So you gotta say something about Easter. Or it's, you know, it's Mother's Day. Right, it's always a holiday. You know? And, but people would be extra about it. They'd be like, in the book of John, I'm like, look here. With their welcome? Yes. Like, people be trying to be a preacher. And yeah, it's like, it don't call for all that. Just <laughs> welcome. Come again. So, oh. yes. It's in my nature to welcome people. Um... Well, we're still hunkering down. <laughs> we're still bored in the house and we're in the house bored. Bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. Bored in the motherfucker in the house bored and I'm bored in the motherfucker in the house bored. Bored in the house. Bored in the house. Bored. Bored in the house. Bored. Bored. Okay. Hey. I'm, actually, I'm actually not bored in the house, though. Well, I'm not in the house. Right. Yeah, you're going I out. I am an essential worker. Give it up for the essential workers. Thank you for coming to work today. Okay. (laughs) I would like to give a brief PSA. Please thank essential workers with your vote. With your vote? Your vote. 
your thanks means nothing. Oh, if okay. you continue to vote for idiot governors, mayors, presidents, Congress people, and any other elected official that has anything to do with decisions that have to be made. As far as like pay and stuff. Payment, the safety and well-being of the people. If y'all continue to vote in these people who don't care about you, me, your brother, your sister, your mama, your daddy, and your neighbor, who don't even care about your freaking dog. Let's just say that. (laughs) Okay? It means nothing. I don't want to hear your thank you if y'all vote for Donald Trump. (laughs) She's like, let's make it fly. Okay. And his constituents. So. Now, other essential workers may have a different opinion, so I don't speak for all of them, but (laughs) as for me and my house. That's for you and your podcast. Right. (laughs) Up in here, I don't want to hear thanks. I don't want any applauses. I want you to follow the directions of the the CDC. (laughs) And the businesses that are still open, like, okay, so, you know, we can't, we are not allowing people to bring reusable bags in the store right now. And most people are like, oh, yeah, okay. But, you know, there's always that Karen or Susan or whoever who's like, I don't understand. Like, and I'm like, It's just temporary. We're trying to avoid as much cross-contamination as possible. And this one lady the other day was like, yeah, well, I mean, but I have my bag. And I'm like, I'm happy to bag it in our paper bags. And she's like, yeah, I just hate to waste trees. And I'm like, I said, these bags are recyclable. And she's like, yeah, but it's just better. And I'm like, look, you can't recycle in the future if you're unconscious. (laughs) You can't save the planet if you're unconscious. And I said, well, I can put these items back in the cart for you and you can bag them in your car and hold up the line because people are waiting on this cart because we have to sanitize it. And you sitting up here arguing with with me is holding up the line. So one bag, it was an ugly blue bag. (laughs) and people be claiming but I washed this I'm like "Mm." you know people don't wash them bags (laughs) this is freshly washed I'm like Like, what (laughs) Um, and you know of course she was one of the people that buying stuff that well I don't want to judge people's purchases but it's like (laughs) 
I don't, I am going to assume she didn't actually need these items. She just wanted them for her comfort, which I understand. We need comfort, but like, don't be arguing with me about a bag. And she didn't have on a mask, so I kind of assume people who don't wear masks in the store are Trump supporters. I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let me stop. But yes, I'm not in the house. Well, when I'm not at work, I'm in the house or I'm in my yard. So I'm not bored. Well, I have mostly been in the house. Um, (laughs) But I I haven't been bored. I think out of this whole time, I think I've had maybe like one, two, maybe three days where I was like, okay, look, I'm bored. But honestly, I'm chilling. I was just telling someone that I kind of feel bad, but I only feel bad because I feel like I'm supposed to feel bad if I don't really feel bad. But (laughs) like how people are constantly like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out and see my friends and hang with this person and do this and do that. And I'm like, I feel like (laughs) this time is the greatest thing for me because when people constantly want to hang out and reconnect and all of that stuff, like it gets very overwhelming for me very fast. Like normal everyday living is anxiety driven and ridden. Like it's just, it's too much. So this time for me is perfect because if I want to talk to you, then I'm going to talk to you. If I want to do a drive-by, like be outside the house and be like, hey, I can do that on my own time. I don't feel the pressures of like, oh, you're doing this anyway. It's basically like because of the, the fact that everybody is supposed to be in the house. It's like when I am doing something, it's like people, people are more appreciative at this time. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So it's like if, I, if, if I'm on the phone with you, you know, talking or whatever, I feel like people are just way more understanding that even though we have more available free time, that time is being spent, you know, just taking care of yourself. And so when you do reach out to somebody and do a drive-by or drop off food or whatever, I just feel like people are more understanding of like, oh, okay, like you didn't have to do this. But it's like when normal everyday living is happening, I feel like everybody would be so pressed about like, oh, my friends don't call me and check up on me and I don't do blah, 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 you know, just all of that stuff. And that, that stuff just gets... Exactly. Yeah, it's just too much. So yeah, I'm, I'm cruising. I'm coasting. Like I said, I do have some board time, but... And I just find something to do, and I'm like, all right, whatever, it's cool. Cool. Well, speaking of other people making things that could be so simple, but they'd rather make it hard. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about here? (laughs) We are talking about healing. We're in a series about healing, and uh, this is interesting because, well, Especially for you, Alicia. Alicia, you should know I talk about you a lot at work. Oh, thanks. Um, it's all good things. It's all funny things. <laughs> Look, I did just say, oh, thanks. Like, I, like I just knew it was all funny. <laughs> <laughs> you could be dogging me. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I crack a lot of jokes about my religious upbringing and the craziness that 
I've seen or people have seen in church. And um, so I have these two coworkers that say that they have like a ghost in their house or something. Oh, Lord. And I one of my coworkers it. was like, oh, hell no, we don't mess with that. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you got to sound like my friend Alicia. She probably would be like, nah. <laughs> That's not right. And um, I was, and my friend, you know, at work was like, are you gonna, like, do you know how to bless a house? And I said, I've blessed my homes before. Right. Um, like, when I first move in, um, I said, I just, and, and so she was just like, what do you do? And I was like, I just kind of, like, pray over the house, really. Like, it's really not that deep. Mm. Um, but I was like, but, you know, my roommate, like, they, like, smudged our house and you know, and I was like, I like to keep a good atmosphere. I like to like candles and incense and, you know, I just like to keep it, keep it, keep it chill, you know? Um, and so then I was explaining to her like deliverance <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I didn't really grow up in that when my friend Alicia did. And, you know, I was like, you know, she, they was seeing all kinds of demon like people being oppressed by demons and and people being healed and stuff and so um so I feel like when people talk about healing at least like in religious circles people be thinking it's just about like physical healing or coming out of being delivered from whatever but I have recently come to think that a lot of that stuff is toxic <laughs> okay because and even okay so even not from a religious standpoint but even just like in general when there is something that is quote-unquote wrong with you people are so quick to be like you need to get better you need to heal and you need to do it on my timeline because it makes me uncomfortable or it yeah. inconveniences me. And so then your healing sort of becomes like this precursor for you to prove that you're worthy of love, relationships, uh, fruitful, like a living a fruitful life. Like you can't live, like you can't have even a semblance of a good life unless your healing looks like the way other people want it to look like. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So I wanted to talk about that. And part of it is like, because... I was thinking about it and maybe I'll have different thoughts because I, we are recording this pre Abra's therapy session. I have therapy on Saturday. Um, so maybe I'll have different thoughts, but I noticed for me, like, because I have a diagnosed mental illness, like it has impacted like some of my relationships, like friendships and stuff. Um, and to be like honest, like it's part of, it was a major factor 
in like the demise of my romantic relationship like recently so it just got me thinking like while I do still believe like your healing is your responsibility like no one is responsible for your healing except for you and no one is responsible for your feelings except for you so I, I still believe that but I also just have noticed over the years that like I have gone to like great lengths to work on myself and heal myself from things and then also navigating having a mental illness that frankly like isn't really gonna go away and when you grow up in religious circles where people are like we serve a, a god who works miracles and so people walking around thinking like miracles are the norm instead of the exception mm. because if miracles were the norm wouldn't jesus have healed every blind person right wouldn't he <clears throat> have healed all those people who were laying on the mat at the pool like you think that man at the pool is the only person who couldn't walk right wouldn't jesus heal all the lepers would god have allowed job to go through what he went through <laughs> wouldn't he have just brought his wife and kids back from the dead you know would lazarus yeah. be the only friend that jesus throws up you know what i'm saying so like yeah. miracles are not the norm they are the exception to produce signs to say this is god or this is the divine or this is like a moment or whatever you know and I, I also, I'm starting to come to think that some miracles are just like happenstance. Like it just, you got lucky. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know, like, so people walking around with this expectation, like, oh, if you believe in healing, like you will have faith that like you won't be bipolar anymore um and even the people that are like yeah you'll manage this for the rest of your life but people just walking around with this expectation of like oh so you've been to therapy and you've been on medication before so you're good right like <laughs> it's like a one and done thing right no more struggle right you'll just be happy right and it's like, well, uh, yes and no. Like, <laughs> it's it's a cycle. Um, healing isn't like a one and done, and it's definitely not a quickie. So, yeah, I don't. I I wanted to just kind of talk about that, and also just express like. I'm I'm feeling a little depleted. <laughs> okay. I feel you. Um, so I think first of all that this is a great conversation. Um, and I've actually kind of been having conversations surrounding this 
recently, so it's kind of perfect timing. Um, what I was just thinking about was, um, dang, I just thought about a lot of things <laughs> while you were talking because literally I've been having so many conversations surrounding this. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to start with was I was having a conversation with a friend the other night and <clears throat> honestly, this was some hot shit because we both like, you know, smoked our own shit and then just started talking about random stuff. But it was so great because it was like this random, nice, useful conversation came out of it. And it just came to this point of like, there are people, basically, I believe that everyone in the world, specifically America, for sure, but I think that everyone, almost almost everyone in the world, I'll say almost, so I know it's not everybody, almost everyone in the world has some form of anxiety. And it's just because the world is crazy. Like, it, it's, it's wild. Um, and I can say almost because um, anxiety comes in different forms. It's, you know, uh, triggered by different things. Some people have anxiety about, about um their family dynamic but then like work is like a safe haven for them and then there's people like me work is like huge stressor and that is what triggers my anxiety a lot of times that's like the leading thing that triggers anxiety for me a lot of times um but i think that everybody has some form of anxiety but i also believe that everybody has some form of uh, i'm just gonna call it what it is just uh what do you call it trauma brain Mm -hmm. so no nobody's life is perfect like perfect just doesn't exist and even if you look at certain situations in people's life and it's like oh that really wasn't that big of a deal and even them telling the story even for me it's certain things I look at and I'm like I know that this um you know negative uh cycle that I have or this negative habit that I have came from this thing that happened in my childhood. And when I'm looking back and thinking of that thing that happened, I'm like, that's really not that big of a deal. Why did that make you feel that way? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's stupid, but it's just like, realistically, that's just how it is. Like at different stages in your life, there are things that you process and the way that it processes as small or as big as it may be, it forms some sort of trauma because you were not prepared for it in whatever way or something that should not have happened to begin with. So everybody has some sort of trauma brain. But then that's when the different levels come in where, you know, are you able to just function and it's fine because the rest of the world functions in this trauma, realistically, like we all function at a, a low level of not okay. And then it, it's like, it progresses from there to the, where people have to, um, you know, be diagnosed and be given medications and therapy and just all of that type of stuff. Um, so I think the first issue comes in when it comes to people who have diagnosed um, mental illnesses. Is that the correct yeah. word? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't know if that's the correct word. So when people have diagnosed mental illnesses, um, I think the, the first issue is that the people who say things like, oh, so you went to therapy and you're on medication and you've done this. So like, oh, you're good don't realize that they themselves are also a part of the crowd that I'm a part of. I'm just at a different level. Mm -hmm. So you're speaking from this space as if everything is perfectly fine in your life. When, <laughs> if we sit down and we have a little therapy session, me and you, I ask you the right questions. 
you're going to realize how fucked up you are too. Mm-hmm. You just are able to manage it in different ways. Like, it's fine. You've been living this way, so this is your norm. So you didn't even realize that you actually have some, some mental illness going on too. And you might actually have mental illness that needs to be diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But you think it's okay because this is how you were raised. You don't even realize that you and your whole family <laughs> got some mental illnesses going on. Mm-hmm. But because that was the norm, then it feels safe. It's like, <clears throat> so with that, it's, I, I think my thing is like, if the world were perfect, I would love for people to just understand that everybody needs support. Everybody needs, you know, love and patience and all of those things. But it's just like, realistically, that's not the world. So how, I think I'm going now into like questions that I've kind of been trying to form. Like, how do you, I guess, function? I don't even know what the fuck the question is, but it's just like, you have your people that you're around, like, you create your crowds, you create your circle, your tribe, whatever you want to call it. And hopefully it's of people who, you know, are open to getting to know the fullness of you, open to loving the fullness of you, being patient with you, working with you, whatever, um, being a friend or whatever they're supposed to be and the same being done in return. But it's like, that's not always the case because sometimes you get in relationship with people and you think everything's good and they're learning you, and it's all good, and then it hits a wall, and it's like, oh, I can't take this anymore, but then, like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. You just, like, maybe go back down the rabbit hole I've already been, going down, so it's just, like, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna come back to that part. I'm gonna go go to the whole church thing. I agree, and I... (laughs) sure you know this this is why I'm here this is why we have these conversations because it's like with the the upbringing that I've had with the you know all the deliverance and um miracles and all of that stuff like I'm also very well knowing that that is not the full healing um one of the things that I loved about my chiropractor that I was going to the very first time that I went just for an assessment for them to tell me like if you decide to work with us this is what we'll be working on with you the very first thing that he said when he sat down and like asked me asked me some questions he was like I'm going to tell you right now I'm a person who believes in full healing so if your spiritual life is off everything else is going to be off if your mental life is off everything else is going to be off if you're not eating right your physical self is off everything is going to be off so you have to constantly like work on all of these things and so he was like, people don't realize that when one area, especially if it's something that's important to you, when one area of your life is off, it throws everything else off. And you're so focused on the the issue, but not the root of it, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. they, you know, they talk about that in church too. Those who really get into deliverance and, and really know what they're talking about, talk about that as far as like, you know, the usual, let's just use the usual homosexuality or whatever you're like oh well this is the problem so you need to just stop being gay and it's like first of all you sound fucking dumb so (laughs) let's let's start there (laughs) but it's like if you really want to combat that whole thing or whatever then you need to look at what what's really going on because oftentimes like 
Nobody gives a fuck about that. Like, you shouldn't care about who I'm dating. Shouldn't care about who I'm having sex with. Whatever. Really, if we are trying to, um, I don't want to say attack because that sounds like, you know, but <laughs> if we're trying to heal for real and we're, we're looking at the spiritual things, then you need to look at the root issues. Like, realistically, God was not like, not God, Jesus was not like the man at the water, like, oh, you're hurt? Don't be hurt anymore. Just get up. Like, because mm-hmm. that man would have been like, Jesus, I, I promise you I will smack you if you tell me something stupid like that again. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, if, if I could just stop doing this thing, then I would have stopped a long time ago. Why, why would I need you to tell me that? Right. It's not that simple. There's more that goes into it. So as far as the whole spiritual thing, I, I think that that's honestly just, no, not even just the spiritual thing. Overall, from what you were saying, the biggest thing that I have thought of lately and, and always is just that we live in a world full of people who want certain things but have not mastered how to give those things themselves. So we want patience. We want people to love us a certain way. We want people to talk to us a certain way. We want people to handle us a certain way. We want people to stay around for a certain time. And when I'm ready for you to go, I'm ready for you to go. But it's like when it comes to giving that same thing, those, those same um, courtesies, it's hard. Like that's the part of, of practice that like most of us have not have. And for some of us, thankfully are now trying to you know unlearn those bad habits that we've had and and relearn being that person being the person that you want people to be to you but i can say for myself that even the person that i want people to be for me i'm i'm definitely not already there like i <laughs> i definitely lose my patience with people and that's been my biggest thing i'm like i need somebody who's gonna be patient like speaking of relationships i need somebody who's gonna be patient with me because i haven't had all of these you know relationships like i'm 26 and oh, did you know i'm 26 girl so, <laughs> look girl. Like older. <laughs> niggas had a birthday and then went into quarantine and it was like all right so whatever um i know you 26 i know i know <laughs> so um my biggest thing for relationships is like i need somebody who's going to be patient with me because even though i'm 26 i wasn't the normal, quote-unquote, normal kid who started, you know, the little fun play dating in, like, middle school. And so even that, even though it's fun and it's play, there are experiences that you get from dating for a certain amount of time that teaches you certain things that's like, okay, in a relationship, you should not do this. I started late, basically. You, that's, that's how I see it. I started late. And even then, it's like I started late, and then I took years off from dating. So I've only been in two actual relationships. There's a lot that I have to learn. And I've literally, like, had people tell me, you should just know this. You've been in a relationship before. And I'm like, well, that relationship didn't teach me that. Like, mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, like, troubled me that, uh, you know, feeling like people have been quick to give up because, oh, I didn't, I didn't know this thing. And because I didn't know, then I feel like, oh, you should be more patient and you know work with me and and now teach me and then give me the time to actually um you know master that thing that i messed up on before but the people are so quick to give up but then it's like now i'm seeing with myself dating 
somebody does something and I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, how can you, and I know for me, like it comes from that lack of patience, but I know it also comes from um, past trauma for me, expecting that people are going to leave me first. And so the way that I take control of the situation is telling you that, hey, here's the door. If you want to go, then you can go. When really, I don't want you to go. I'm just afraid you're going to leave me because that's been my consistency. Mm-hmm. So I'm reacting off of my impatience and my trauma, and none of us are getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we just all need more compassion and like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and there's more to it, but it's it's literally, it just it just keeps going like the rabbit hole, like. well and what I also wanted to point out is like I think people when you are in a process of healing from whatever it is and you have like mastered something in that process so then people make the assumption that because you have mastered this thing that now there's nothing, no more work to be done. Or people assume that because you are not focusing on this one thing because you're busy doing something else or how you process or like the way you are going about your healing, like because it doesn't look like the way they think it should be they just assume that you're not working on yourself um and i think people love to assign others we like to play doctor for everybody it's like i know what's best for you you should be it should look like this and if it doesn't look like this then it's not going to work. It doesn't work for me. And I also think we live in a culture where, and it is a trauma response, like you were saying, where we're just so quick to be like, oh, this inconveniences me, so nope. And we like to label things. Like, while I think it is helpful that we are, for us to name things that are toxic, but I, I think people just like to put labels like that's toxic, that's toxic. Yeah. And equating it with like abusive, which I think can be like together, but also not the same thing, you know, all the time. But people are like, oh, that's toxic. So I'm just going to cut you off as opposed to being like you due to your trauma these are some bad habits that you have that can be toxic but that doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you like that this can't be like worked on and I, I think people forget, like, 
like I said, it, your healing is your responsibility. But I think a lot of people don't realize that some of the things that they do is not helping <laughs> people yeah. heal. Yeah. Because they say dumbass shit like, well, you should just be over that or you're good, right? Or, mm. you know, the silly things that we've heard in churches or whatever before. Um, you know, when I first got diagnosed, like I had people tell me like that me going on medication was not a good thing. Um, and implying that trusting God. You know, like God is going to heal you, so why do you need to go on medication? Or like people go down that conspiracy theory rabbit hole about big pharma and all this, and it's like, look, multiple things can be true at the same time. It can be true that big pharma likes to exploit medical advancements and just some doctors are trash and they just like write shitty prescriptions without you know checking up on their patients and really looking at it like through a lens of the full picture but that doesn't mean that you should be advising people to not take their medication right. if they need it and with the church thing like when you were talking about let's get to the root issue while that is really good i think in a lot of spiritual communities, people puff themselves up to be more qualified than what they actually are. Definitely. And so it's like, okay, well, you're a pastor, but like you don't have a psychology degree. So mm-hmm. are you really qualified to be so like you being the sole person working with the working with these people to address their root issues and addressing their trauma. I'm not saying that a pastor can't help you with those things, but like should they be the only person helping you with that? Or yeah. could it be that you need a treatment team? You need a team mm-hmm. of people. It's just like school, like you have the, t- it takes, like, you know, it takes a team of people to make it function. You gotta have the teachers, you gotta have principal, you gotta have, you know, everyone down to the janitorial staff, you right. know, <laughs> to make it work, you know, otherwise, what's the point? And I think when we talk about, like, healing, it's like, you can't, you can't just get fixated on one type of person or one tool like it takes a multi a a combination of things and what that combo looks like for you may be different than somebody else like for me like at when I first was diagnosed it took medication it took my primary care doctor it took my therapist my family like my parents because those were the people that I was living with So I had to be in communication with them about what was going to be helpful for me. Um, My close friends, uh, my spiritual leaders, you know, like, but I think 
And so it's all well and good to like have that concept of like, yeah, let's get to the root issue. But it's like, who are you to decide what that root issue is? Mm. And are you really qualified to make sound assessments and give sound advice for people to, in order for people to make informed decisions? Um, I think what should be happening in churches is that pastors partner with licensed therapists and doctors and say, I have a member who's struggling with this. Let's put together, let's come together as a team and create a treatment plan for them. But ultimately, no one knows what you really need more than you. It it should be more of a, having someone guide you to discover what you innately already know. Yeah. It's already locked deep within you. Someone just has to help you unlock those things and then give you the tools to navigate those things that you already innately know about yourself. And sometimes we don't have the language to articulate it or define it. And so that's where like mental health professionals come in to help give language to things that you innately already know. Um, But that's why I like, I say like, even on this podcast, like, you know, when a lot of times I'll put disclaimers about like, Hey, I am not an expert. Don't just take my word for it. Uh, When I taught my Mystic Flow class, I put a disclaimer like, this should not be a replacement for therapy or any type of professional, like, medical advice. Because while I do draw from, like, mental health concepts, it's rooted in, like, my own lived experience which is going to be different from somebody else. And so I think like I saw a tweet. um, I think I may have taken a screenshot of it and maybe I meant to send it to you. (laughs) Alicia just like forgot because, you know, that's that's my world. But basically it was saying like instead of us – saying like this is what you should do like being caught up being caught up in should be's you know we need to take the approach of saying hey like this is what worked for me would you like to would you or would you like to hear what worked for me like when people are telling you their problems or whatever instead of just automatically assuming that they want you to give your assessment or your quote-unquote diagnosis, you know, maybe taking the approach of, you know, would you like to hear, like, what helped me? Maybe this could help you. But just, like, even changing the language of making it an invitation as opposed to, like, let me dictate to you what you should do. Like, I think you, we said it before on this podcast, like, not being caught up in should be's, you know, mm-hmm. and just like accepting where people are 
And I also would say, like, I had an incident. I've been having an incident at work where, like, certain coworkers will say things or they'll do things that, like, bother me or annoy me. And then I'm like, and I had a moment where I had to take a step back and ask myself, why does that bother you? (laughs) Like, why? Like, why is it actually bothering you? And then I realized that a lot of things that people do and say bothers, like, it bothers you because it brings up unhealed parts of yourself um, that, or parts of yourself that, like, or it's reminding you of parts of yourself or whether it be currently or from the past where you know, like, oh, I've been there, you know? And so I had to take a moment and have a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going to show my coworker compassion because even though what they're saying is like really getting on my nerves and it bothers me, I also know that it's probably their own trauma response like this is how they're processing their trauma and while I could take the approach of being like dude you should go to therapy but then I had to ask myself like do you want him to go to therapy because you actually want him to get better or is it that you don't want to be annoyed anymore (laughs) at work you know while you're at work and so I think, I think that's when, I think that's really what triggered, like, this whole conversation for me, where I was like, wow, where I started to realize that there are a lot of people in my life, and it's not that I want to speak for them, but from my perspective, it seems like when they were, like, done with me, because I started distributing, like, displaying behaviors that were, like, not desirable um, due to like my own issues or trauma responses or just a symptom of bipolar disorder um, that will just come up no matter how diligent I am about being on meds or being in therapy or whatever. So um, when they were like, I'm done with you, I can't take this or when people just kind of like don't know how to react, you know, and they're like, well, I, I'm concerned and therefore you need to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, are you really concerned about my well-being, or is it about the fact that me being a mess inconveniences you and you feel uncomfortable and it's bringing and it's triggering like your own trauma so you're trying to quickly wrap this up and tie it with a neat little bow instead of being like, look, let me, let me take this moment to make sure that I'm good <laughs> so that no matter what you do or say, it's not going to affect, affect me to the point where I can't, where I can't function anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I completely understand that because I have a couple, mm, well, yeah, I guess I have a couple of friendships that are like that where, 
luckily I I have excuse me I'm sorry <laughs> luckily I have I actually was able to identify like this is why this makes me uncomfortable because of you know like my own stuff or whatever but then it's like I also want the person to get well for the for their own you know mm-hmm. well-being so like I guess my question to you in that situation is how do you how would you continue to I guess function with that person because it's like if I am if I recognize that this is you know bringing up something in me and it's just something that I'm you know working on but also I want you to work on it that you don't really see not that you don't see growth but like I guess I'm I'm like the difference between and and look the difference between people who are doing the work mm-hmm. and actually really like trying to and wanting to heal and wanting to um you know get better or whatever versus the person who is doing the work but consistently goes back to that same place like they haven't been able to break that cycle enough to not love its comfort so then now it gets to the point where it's like okay it's it's affecting me more so past you know triggering me it's affecting me in my like you said taking care of yourself it's it's affecting me in my mental health like how do you how do you deal with that? Do you have conversation with the person? Do you just distance yourself? Do you reevaluate the friendship altogether? You know, I think communication is key. Um, I think I, and yeah, like I, I think that, you know, the cycles thing, like, yeah, there are people like who keep going in cycles and cycles. And I'm not saying like, we should just put up with toxic behaviors um, because we want to be compassionate. Sometimes things have to end and you do have to walk away or love from a distance or set boundaries with people for your well-being. Like you should prioritize your well-being. Um, I just think that Sometimes people don't go into the situation like really knowing or understanding that, well, honestly, I think it depends on the nature of the relationship and the access points that you have to people. Because like in the case of my coworkers, like I care about them you know, like, just as, like, people in general, like, I care about their safety and their well-being, but I also, like, I'm not friends with all of my coworkers, Um, and and I only see them, like, so many hours in a day, but they don't come home with me, you know? Right. So... It's kind of like that out of sight, out of mind thing for some people versus like my really close friends, you know, I've made like when for me, like I've made a commitment 
to my friends to do my best to like be there for them and you know be patient with them and listen to them and like go through some hard shit with them and it's not always going to be peachy and sometimes their behaviors and trauma responses are going to be very toxic but when those things happen instead of being like well you need to get it together because I I can't do this. <laughs> it's like having conversations and finding resources where you can balance taking care of yourself while also showing love and support to that person. Um, I also think we try to, we think it's all on us to like help fix other people and it's like it doesn't have to be all on your shoulders and so but because we think oh it's up to me then that's when people are like I can't do this mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like well, you don't help. have it's like you don't have to though you don't have to do this and a lot of times people that are going through their stuff even the people that are going through their cycles a lot of times they're not asking you to do a damn thing <laughs> Mm-hmm. but to just be present with them um like you you don't have to do anything <laughs> um and it's really for me it's just been really hard to communicate like to get that through people's heads like you don't have to be the one to fix it um you just need to like hold space And if that's something that you're unable to do, you just need to communicate like, hey, I'm not in a in a place to hold space for you right now. And that's why I tell people like you cannot like place all your bets on one person or one thing. Like you need to have a circle of, of people or a plan. Like when this person is unavailable what else can I do or who else can I go to? Um, Because we're human. We're not able to just be omnipresent all the time. And I mean, I guess like if you believe in God, you know, that's where that comes into play of like, I can always depend on the Lord, you know, or (laughs) whatever. Um, And I think that's like the basis for most spiritual principles like where it's like when the human like the humanness fails we can rely on a source that is divine mm-hmm. or a philosophy or a way of being that goes beyond like human flaw or human error yeah so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, don't make other people's healing about you. Like, I think if everybody took the approach of I'm going to focus on my growth and my healing and I'm going to let you do the same and we're going to all communicate on how we can best support one another and not dictate what it's should look like but to walk 
in a place of accepting like acceptance i accept that this is where you are yeah i don't have to like it i don't have to agree with it but i accept that this is where you're at and i have to deal (laughs) um it's especially like when you're not hopefully no one owns anybody that's listening to this podcast (laughs) so you don't own anybody so you don't have a right to dictate like this is what you need to be doing all you can do is say like well this is these are some things that might help these are some things that help me here's some resources that you could try otherwise like you gotta let people go through their shit um, I think it's interesting you brought up the cycles thing because so I was teaching Mystic Flow last night on Instagram, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I've been doing, like, well, that I've done before, like when I've taught the class before, um, but this was the first time that I actually like shared with the class. Um, so I have a now some of y'all listen to this gonna be like Abra's going to hell and leave me alone I already know the scriptures so I was about to say I already know I'm going to hell (laughs) I already know thank you I will see you there uh anyway I have uh I have an oracle deck which for those who don't know like so there's tarot cards which is a whole like system or whatever and I'm not really qualified to speak too heavy on it um but then there's oracle cards that are a little more loose and basically like the main thing like the difference is like with tarot like you know you do have to be careful with that because there can be like some negativity that comes into play with it whereas like oracle cards like there's no like there's not a lot of negativity attached to it. It's just like a way to, to seek like a little guidance, a little encouragement. And every Oracle deck is different um, based on like who created it. There's all different kinds of Oracle decks. And then there's like angel cards and like, there's so many, like some of them are based on like, you know, animals or, uh one oracle reading i got from one of my friends like she was pulling from a deck that had like each card like had a a significant person like a spiritual leader like throughout history it included like there was like a jesus card there was like a buddha card you know just like all these figures and it was more about like what they represented more than just like the actual figure um but i just have a basic like wisdom of the oracle deck um and it's i think it's a 52 card deck i have a little book attached to it so they tell you like what each card like what each essential meaning is but essentially like it's really just revealing like what like again what you innately already know just giving language to intentions that you're setting so I usually will pull, like I'll do a three card pull, which basically 
first card represents like where I've been. Second card is where I am. Third card is like, where is this leading me? And it's not necessarily like predicting the future, but it's just like saying like, this is the path that you're on. And if you continue here, if you continue on this path, this is where like it'll hopefully lead to. And with, or like I said, with Oracle decks, like there's no like negativity. So it's not going to be like, you're going to die in seven days <laughs> or whatever. Uh, so, um, and I would say even with tarot, like people have different practices with it. Um, and one of my friends said it best, like whoever is doing the reading is going to determine the nature of the reading. So like, if you're going into it with, negativity or you have bad energy or bad like spirits or you're not, or you you're not processing your trauma or whatever then you are going to invite quote-unquote evil into the space but if you are coming in with this intention of like goodness and light and all of that then that's what's gonna come forth but anyway when I pull when I did my three-card pull for the class so I basically will just like ask the deck like or set the intention of like so I knew that we were going to do a class based on like ritual and uh, the concepts of ritual and like creating rituals um honoring rituals that were given to us and creating new rituals that work for us now and I was like okay what what is the universe or what does the divine like have to say about ritual for this class and um sorry i like <laughs> anyway um the third card that i pulled for like where it's leading was the round and round card and it's the essential meaning is like spiral quality of events when lessons when a lesson isn't quite integrated um cycles that were challenged to break revisiting a pattern from new perspectives and it was just like talking about you know oftentimes like you may be in a space where you're like going back to cycles that like are toxic or whatever but um and it may seem like oh here I am again I haven't learned my lesson but the card was like the like breakdown of the meaning or whatever it was saying like but you but you have learned and you have the opportunity to kind of have this bird's eye view of this cycle that you can approach it in a different perspective and you're actually like growing and healing even though it seems like oh i'm here again but now it's like you have an opportunity to like go about this a different way and learn something new so i looked at that and i was like because i've been thinking about oh here i am again i'm in the same like i'm in the same rut but when i actually like assessed it i was like it makes you're noticing similarities you're noticing patterns but you also have the power to approach this pattern differently to where eventually the pattern will break and you'll create new patterns that are hopefully uh, more useful or helpful or healthy or whatever. 
Um, so I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting when you were talking about cycles. I was like, oh my God, it's all coming <laughs> together. So, you know, that's my little, um, my little woo-woo moment for the day. <laughs> so it's, as far as healing, um, the main point um, from what you said was just like, we have to be, basically everybody just has to be responsible for themselves. I think the most important part for me is making sure that we communicate our needs in relationships, but also our limits. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people, people are afraid to voice their limits because they don't want to seem like, you know, they're just giving up. Because people do sometimes take your limits, your boundaries or whatever, as, you know, oh, you don't care about me or you don't, you know, blah, blah, whatever. But it's like, ultimately, if you take care of all of your parts by saying what you can and cannot do, and also, you know, asking for what you need, the response of others is completely on them. And it just is what it is like mm -hmm. i did my part you just have to do yours yeah yeah we had to work on our communication man yeah yeah people make healing hard but it doesn't have to be just we're all in this together okay yeah even though we, we have to do it apart sometimes <laughs> so they say alone together. Yeah, alone together. Hashtag alone together. Yeah. I actually really like that. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe that's I mean this whole pandemic thing, like it's inviting us to like investigate some of that too, like where we're literally forced to be physically apart from people. So like learning how to support one another without actually like being there you know yes listen my spiritual self is i'm not gonna say i'm loving this because I'm, I'm definitely you know being forced to face some things about myself during this time so i mean it's good it's hard though but i just i feel like this time is such a reboot and people really should use it like lean into it like i'm excited for how life is going to be after this hopefully <laughs> it goes in a positive direction mm -hmm. it doesn't cause you know like results and stuff but it's i i personally feel like it's it's purpose and like it could be really good yeah so no well, i'm excited i am as well and i hope that i hope that you have like you were saying before creating your circle like i hope that your circle is helping you cultivate the life that you want so really quick that's that's the really also interesting part about this time and even before this i started to notice just like changes in me and my like closeness to 
certain people, I, I think that I'm at such a transitionary time that all of my norms are just changing circles and everything. And not that I'm like, you know, dropping people, but I just think everything has just changed for me right now. So mm-hmm. I, this, this time for me is more of what has been so far is, is more about, um, me being my own circle is kind of not to sound like lonely, but you know, all the things that I've put off with uh, learning certain things about myself or even mostly like accepting the ugly parts about me. I don't even want to say ugly. It's not ugly. Me accepting the very human like parts of me that I, you know, may not have accepted before. Like I'm definitely, um, getting to know myself and becoming my own friend which has been needed for a long time so yeah right now I am I have a circle but like I'm really like the circle that I'm focusing on yeah so and sometimes you gotta do that you I am the point the dot you gotta be be your own best friend yes yes yeah yeah I think I'm kind of in like a duality of like having my alone time but also I'm trying not to I'm trying not to let pain like close me off from like love from others like receiving other people's love and attention but I also like I I, (laughs) the past like two weeks up until like recently I've been in this mindset of like, I'm just, I'm just not going to care. I'm not going to respond. Like, I'm not going to be reactive at all. I'm going to filter my feelings about things. And my therapist was like, it sounds like you're going on a pendulum (laughs) where like the one extreme was like, everything affects me, everything impacts me and I can't manage. And then she was like, what tends to happen? Like, we tend to go on the other end of the extreme where we're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that didn't work, so I have to, like, like create walls and shut down yeah. and just be, like, this non-feeling person. Um, but she was like, but eventually, like, you'll keep swinging, swinging until you find, like, that happy medium place where you're still able to be your full authentic self while still able like being able to manage like the big feelings that come up so um but yeah I am a little more cautious about opening up to others and like even people that I've known for a long time like I'm just like "Mm, I'm fine (laughs) um and even though like And I used to think, like, oh, I hate when people just say, like, yeah, I'm fine, even though they know they're not fine. But I also am finding that sometimes we don't always need to, like, go down a rabbit hole. I'm just, like, a little bit more picky about, like, I'm basically at a point where I'm, like, you people got to beat it out of me (laughs) before I'm, like, and then yeah so well yeah i 
I agree with your therapist because I've I've seen the back and forth extreme swinging on the pendulum and then you know finding the medium in some areas but then in a lot of areas I'm still like like you like I'm extremes like it don't work this way oh, okay fuck it then. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think I've gotten in the same space where I'm which is also why I'm like let me really focus on me because it's not even about how my extremes affect other people it's just me like that shit wears you out because I'm like well, I thought this was going to work, and it didn't, so, you know, so, yeah, just chilling, trying to find the, the happy medium of myself, not the happy medium of what other people think it should be, or what it's looked like for other people. Right. Yeah. Wow. This is a, a good topic. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, if I could touch you right now, I'd put my hand on your forehead and be like, help! <laughs> Thank you. Watch you fall out. Right. Did you ever do, do you ever fall out in church, Alicia? Did you? Uh, I have. It's not like, I'm not like a, a common faller I have before. Did, did you shake? Did you convulse? I have before. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a Minnesota about that. Okay. <laughs> I just like to talk trash. I don't mean no harm. <laughs> no, I'm it's, fine. You know. No, I'm gonna talk shit with you, so I know. That's why I like <laughs> Yeah. Well guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of this podcast. Of this podcast, Alicia and I are—I feel like, yeah, we haven't really done an episode together in a while. So in a while, I was—I was like, I hope the people don't think that we broke up or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're just living life. Yeah, I say that because uh, I won't mention the podcast name, but there's a a, a podcast I listen to where it was two co-hosts and like it seemed like everything's great like this is great and then like one week like one of the co-hosts was like I have an announcement like this like my co-host like she's no longer gonna be on the show and it was like she didn't go into detail about what happened but clearly like something happened and it was like because she didn't say it was a mutual like decision it was like she basically was like and we're done like she basically like broke up with her co-hosts and I was like oh my god like I was very sad um Mm -hmm. so so then I started getting like self-conscious because I was like oh my god Alicia and I like don't record together (laughs) are people gonna think like oh yeah we're still together. <laughs> We're just in different places. Yeah. Alicia is still my creative partner slash wifey. Ew. Always and forever. Yes. I'm about to take me a good nap. Hey. It's going to be quick, but still. Yeah. I just need to lay down for a second. You have me something to eat.
So what do you want to eat? I don't know. I want some chicken. I'm trying to figure out what I want to eat. I think I'm gonna like go grab something when I get up. Same. Some takeout. Um, yeah. I'm so mad that a lot of pretty much all of the Chinese places are closed. Uh yeah. So but apparently in China they don't want black people. I was about to say, but you know at the same time, actually <laughs> I'm okay right now because y'all are acting up. But we can't blame America It's not everybody though. Like Chinese Americans for what they're doing in China. Yeah. Just Either way, like, I, I want some Chinese food. Yeah. I mm. Oh no, girl. Well, alrighty then. I'll settle for Panda Express. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. Panda Express. It's done. Yeah. Well, all right. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you all for listening. We love you. I love you. I love you too. Take off the two. I love you. Oh. That's my mother was saying. <laughs> so very, 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 very much. we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in continue the conversation with us develop a community with other misfits and mystics like us and get your latest updates on shameless plugs and other news by following us on social media we are on instagram at misfits and mystics pod twitter at misfits mystics and we also have a facebook page that you can like and share Want to reach us directly? Shoot us an email at misfitsandmysticspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And with your permission, we might give you a shout out on future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever streaming service you're using to stay up to date on newest episodes being released. Leave us a review on iTunes to help us gain more visibility. Plus, we appreciate the feedback.